It's time for Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott, inviting the atheist, agnostic, and skeptic to examine for themselves the evidence for the Christian faith. We are all limited by what we do not know and by the things we think we know but are not true. Dr. Joe Mott earned his Ph.D. at LSU and was a distinguished math professor at Florida State University for 38 years, helping to write three math textbooks and authoring over 30 research articles in math. He is now the host of this radio program, Defending and Commending the Faith. Here is Joe Mott. I've been discussing Jesus' self-understanding of his deity It encompasses his divine credentials, his divine titles, his divine prerogatives, and his divine attributes. On at least four occasions, Jesus overtly disclosed his identity as Messiah. I had discussed in the last episode two of those occasions. First, with the Samaritan woman at the well... At the end of that conversation, Jesus admitted he was the Messiah. He said, I who speak to you am he. Second, after Jesus healed the man born blind, Jesus told him he was the Son of Man. You have both seen him, and he is the one who is talking with you, he said. Third, before the crucifixion, The Jewish trials of Jesus comprise three stages. The preliminary examination by Annas, the ex-high priest, an informal trial by the Sanhedrin, probably before dawn at the residence of the high priest, Caiaphas, and the official trial after dawn where Jesus is formally condemned to death by the Sanhedrin. I believe they could have stoned him to death on their own, but they wanted to totally discredit him, so they accused him of sedition so that the Romans would kill him by crucifixion, the most brutal of all executions. In Matthew's version, at the pre-dawn trial, Jesus had kept silent while false witnesses were testifying against him. The high priest said to him, Do you not answer? What is it that these men are testifying against you? Still Jesus gave no reply. Then the high priest said, I adjure you by the living God that you tell us whether you are the Christ, the Son of God. Mark records Jesus saying, I am and you shall see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. The NIV Study Bible says that this is the first reference to the Messiah being the Son of Man. The English Standard Study Bible says that the phrase come on the clouds is a clear symbol of divine authority as in Isaiah chapter 19, verse 1. This is a clear reference to the prophecy in Daniel 7, verses 13 and 14, where it states, 
I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man, and he came to the ancient of days, God, and was presented before him, and to him was given dominion and glory and the kingdom, that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve or worship him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away. And his kingdom is one that shall not be destroyed. The prophet Daniel saw a vision of a heavenly being whom he described as one like a son of man. That is, one who looked like a man. So Daniel seems to be saying that the Messiah would look like a human, but would be an immortal heavenly being. Thus we know now that the Messiah will reign and rule over the entire world forever. So this son of man is certainly more than a human and more than an angel, for no created being would have the right to rule over the entire world. One wonders, what kind of a person is given dominion in an everlasting kingdom? What kind of person will have all men worship him? What kind of person shares God's authority? In Luke's version of this event before the Sanhedrin, it is written, Hereafter the Son of Man will sit on the right hand of the power of God. What kind of person could sit at the right hand of God if he were not deity? Isn't it the case that these descriptions obviously point to the deity of the Son of Man? Jesus saw himself as the one who would indeed come down from heaven to judge the earth at the end of the age. That can be found in Matthew 24, verses 27 to 31, and in Matthew 25, 31 to 46. He is the one who would fulfill the role in Daniel's prophecy. Thus, in a concealed way, Jesus is saying there would be two advents of Messiah, the first in mundane humility that we see in the Gospels, the second in overwhelming glory at the last day. Jesus defined his mission on earth as one of the humble suffering servant of Isaiah 53 and eventually the reigning king in the book of Revelation. The high priest immediately recognizes Jesus' claim to deity. He tore his robe and declared Jesus guilty of blasphemy. He said, What further need do we have for witnesses? You heard this blasphemy. What do you think? And they all condemned him to be worthy of death. This word all is suspicious to me. Nicodemus and Simon of Arimathea were members of the Sanhedrin, but who later showed their devotion to Christ. I suspect this trial met before dawn 
so that Nicodemus and Simon would not be there in order that those present would have no opposition when they condemned Jesus to death. In the interchange with the high priest, Jesus acceded to being called by three divine names, Christ, the Son of God, and Son of Man. But Jesus paid for his answer with his life. The Roman trial of Jesus also comprised the three stages. The first appearance before the Roman procurator, Pontius Pilate, the appearance before Herod Antipas, the ruler of Galilee, appointed by the Romans, and the final appearance before Pilate again. At the first Roman appearance, Pilate asked Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus replied, It is as you say. In nine other situations, Jesus indirectly admitted his messiahship. First, when he announces his mission in Luke 4. After John the Baptist baptized Jesus in the Jordan River, and Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness, Jesus returned to Nazareth, the town where he had grown up, and entered the synagogue on the Sabbath, as was his custom. He stood up to read and was handed the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight for the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And Jesus closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down with all eyes on him. Then Jesus said, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus announced his mission in his inaugural message and gave basically the same credentials that he gave to the disciples of John the Baptist when they asked him, are you the expected one, or shall we look for someone else? When Jesus said the Spirit of the Lord anointed him, I believe he was indirectly admitting he was the Messiah, the anointed one. The second situation where Jesus indirectly admitted he was the Messiah is found in John 8, verse 18. He said, I am he who testifies about myself. The third situation was when he proclaimed to the Pharisees, unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. And fourth, he said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall you know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father has taught me, I speak those things. Notice Jesus is accusing the Jews that they will be responsible for his crucifixion. And he is saying that the Father has told him that fact. Fifth, from now on, 
I am telling you before it comes to pass, so that when it does occur, you may believe that I am he. In the garden, when the officers came to arrest Jesus, he asked them, Whom do you seek? They answered, Jesus the Nazarene. He said to them, I am he. In each of these last five quotes, the word he is added by the translators. So Jesus could have been using that covenant name, Yahweh, as his own name in those last five quotes, as he clearly did in John eight fifty eight, where Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. I see no distinction in the five quotes from that of John 8, verse 58. Does that imply that in all the last six quotes, Jesus meant he is God? I think so. The eighth situation where Jesus indirectly admitted he was the Messiah is this. Lazarus, the friend of Jesus, has died. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. She replies, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live spiritually, even if he dies physically. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die spiritually. Do you believe this? Then Martha said, Yes, Lord, I have believed that you are the Christ, the Son of God, even he who comes into the world. Martha is saying Jesus is both the Messiah and the Son of God. Jesus offered no objection to that declaration, but their continued dialogue is tacit acceptance of it. Finally, the ninth situation where Jesus indirectly admits he is the Messiah. At Caesarea Philippi, when Jesus asked, Who do you say I am? Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus did not correct him, but rather affirmed it. Jesus said to Peter, Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Peter is saying Jesus is both the Messiah and that he is the Son of God. Thank you for listening to Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott, a production of Wave 94 Radio in Tallahassee, Florida. If you have any questions or comments for Joe, please forward them to Doug Apple at Wave 94 at this email address, dougapple at wave94.com. And be sure to join us every Monday evening at 6.45 p.m. on Wave 94 and subscribe through your favorite podcast app, Defending and Commending the Faith, with Joe Mott.